Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, (laughs) Guy Bauer. Almost knocked over the wine of the week, and that would have been a crying shame. Hey, but I didn't. Welcome to the program, Food, Wine, and Fun for Your Ears. I'm glad you're with us. I hope you join us every Saturday. And if you forget, uh, go to goodlifeguy.com, click on listen, and there's a link that'll take you right to a whole, this is an official term, buttload of uh, previously done programs. And you can also look and see what's coming up next. And if you think I'm kidding about buttloads, a butt is a form, is a word to describe an old wine barrel that, uh, you know, like a 60 liter wine barrel. Okay? 60 gallon wine barrel. Never mind. Uh, This program is going to be so much fun and we will not have enough time. I know that. Uh, I got a book that came across the day before I went into eye surgery, so I can't see very well, which sucks. But I spent about an hour thumbing through it. It's called Lodi with an exclamation point. Subtitle of the definition, the definitive guide and history of America's largest wine growing region. And I'll bet you half of my, more than half of my wine enthusiast friends who do wine tour traveling to the West Coast have never been to Lodi. And that's a shame because it's such a cool place. It was a cool place 10 years ago. It just didn't know how cool it was. And uh, my guest, uh, the first up guest is Randy Caparoso. Randy put together a bo- this book, which is, uh, I suppose, Randy, it's big enough to call it a tabletop book, uh, you know, coffee table book, but it is the best regional synopsis I have ever seen from anywhere in California. It's not that overblown Napa book that weighs 40 pounds. It's not the... Uh, uh, and I love the Paso book. It's huge, and it's got a lot of information. This has all that and more, but it's still a book that you could actually sit down and read. And I, I can't wait when my eyes come back to sit down and go cover to cover. But without further ado, well, I kind of already did it. Uh, Randy, uh, you know, I want you to talk about you. I'll just say that you have been in the wine business a long time. You do, have done and continue to do a lot of things, including putting this book, Lodi, together. Welcome to The Good Life. Hey, how you doing, guy? I'm all right. And you you got my note. I'm pretty sure, well, I know we've been in the same room, and your face looks familiar to me. We may have had chat over dinner or, uh, you know, the judge's dinner at Jerry Mead in 2003. 
and wasn't I think oh yeah no it was in your thing and brought back memories <clears throat> that was the year that Delicato Shiraz Syrah in that blue label seven fifty for eight bucks one best of show wasn't it yeah yes it was and that was ridi- ridiculous of course because it was a big competition with some five thousand wines and to think that a wine that was selling for about seven ninety nine yeah. from um could win the the best of show well it's kind of ridiculous and um all you could do is laugh but after that I, I decided I need to go out to Lodi and see what 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 it's all about. So Amen. that was a significant competition from that perspective yeah. for me. Well, tell us more about you. Go back. Uh, did you grow up with an enthusiasm for wine? Do your parents have anything to do with wine, spirits, or beer? What got you interested? And in? was that really the key that set you off? And then talk about your journey from there all the way up to putting the book together. Well, my journey, uh, believe it or not, started in Honolulu, Hawaii, where I was born and raised. <laughs> uh, um, like a lot of kids, uh I went to college at University of Hawaii, worked in some really nice restaurants and waiting on tables to, you know, be able to pay tuition, which in those days wasn't so bad. Maybe $600 a semester. It's it's, it's totally stupid now. But, yeah. uh, uh, and that's something that our country ought to fix, but what the hey. But, um um, but when I got out of college, I was married, and I had to pick a career. And since I had studied philosophy, it was pretty useless. So I decided <laughs> to do what I wanted, what I loved most, which was wine, tasting wine, enjoying wine. I used to do a lot of tastings with friends. And uh, so I became sommelier back in 1978. Uh, um, and... I've never stopped. I've worked full-time in the wine-related industries ever since then. Uh, you know, went on to uh, found restaurants. You know, I established restaurants from Hawaii to New York, uh, some 30 of them all over the years. And so I got to see the country, and I started writing wine columns in newspapers in, way back in 1981. And then, you know, started doing uh, magazine articles and things like that. But going back to Lodi, what happened was I did visit Lodi for the first time in 2002. And and uh, I had by then traveled all around the world. You know, I used to go to uh, Europe every year, for instance, and um, uh, France, uh, uh, Italy, uh, Germany, uh, particularly those places. But when I visited Lodi back in 2002, it actually has struck me as being something similar in feel to uh, the southwest of France, especially some parts of it where they do have some old vines. And, uh, you know, in, in France, and, you know, by the time a vine is 50 or 100 years old, it, it's considered old, and, and they have some of it. Uh, it's, it's like other regions in the world. You know, most most vineyards are pulled out after 25, 30 years and, you know, and replaced with uh, uh, more efficient 
more efficient younger vines, and that's certainly true for <clears throat> California. I mean, the average age of a grapevine in um, Napa Valley, for instance, is only about 17 years. Um, but in Lodi, you, there were still thousands of acres of vines that were well over 50 or even over 100 years old, and and that that was impressive. It uh, number one, it shows that. It's a place where grapevines are very comfortable. You know, you can, you know, find yourself in a place and settle down and and live forever and ever and (laughs) still be very productive. Because, you know, when grapevines, the the reason why grapevines are pulled out is, 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 is because they aren't productive. They don't produce enough fruit or the quality isn't worth it. You know, and, and, and so there's no reason to keep it in the ground, right? Uh, but in Lodi, you know, there are thousands of acres of these vines where the quality just kept getting better and better as the vines got older. And they were just as productive old as when as when they were young. So that tells you, you know, basically one thing that this is a really good place for grapes. <laughs> and, and so, you know, Lodi at that time, you know, wasn't famous. There wasn't, you couldn't find a lot of wines with Lodi on the label or anything like that. Uh, now you see a lot of it because it's become kind of, of a commercial thing. Uh, um, and so the, the wines are found all over the world now, and it says Lodi on it. And, yeah. and so Lodi has become a good thing to put on a label before it used to be a winery would, you know, even though they got all the grapes from Lodi, they wouldn't want to put Lodi on it because they were ashamed of it. They thought, Oh, that would mean people would think something negative, but now it's kind of a positive. And and this book though, uh, goes on and really delves deep into what really makes uh, Lodi wine special. And, uh, Sadly, of course, across the country, a lot of the commercial wines out on the supermarket shelves and or in the big box stores that say Lodi on it are, are kind of commercial wines, and they don't really show the best of the region, but there are some out there. And then, so this is what the book is all about, is these special wines, uh, you know, that sort of personify why the region is uh, the most widely planted region in the United States. Well, uh, you know, it, it it's so true. And think of all of the wine aficionados who drank wine, uh, been drinking wine for years. They were drinking oftentimes grapes from Lodi or Clarksburg or or the Central Coast or further inland, uh, the San Bernardi Vineyard from Delicato, for example. That right. uh, And it was just labeled California, and little did they know. And I think it's about time, and it you know I've uh, judged at a couple competitions in Lodi, and uh, and I have a lot of friends there, and it, it amazes me how much it hasn't changed in appearance, except more notoriety, and I think that's such a good thing. It's still old school winemaking and the vines, and you being a photographer, and I've been to your Instagram page and looked at some of your pictures, and I assume you took most of the pictures in the book and uh, boy if you want to get pictures of old vines Lodi's the place to go right well yeah and and so that's why it was good to make this book because you know the old vines are also very picturesque so oh, yeah. you know they so so they're good for photographers <laughs> uh, that's for sure I mean because 
everybody likes to look at the old vine. You, know, you look at a picture of an old vine, you say, oh, wow. You know, yeah. that, it doesn't matter where it comes from, like Australia or, or France or Spain. You, if it's an old, gnarly little vine, it's like, oh, boy, that's beautiful. And, and so everyone has that gut reaction. And uh, so when, I, when we say this is the largest region, when I explain to people, uh, they're always surprised. Uh, so Lodi has more wine grapes than <clears throat> all of Napa Valley and Sonoma County combined. And, and so that's saying a lot. Um, a lot. And Lodi actually has more wine grapes uh, than all of Oregon State and Washington State combined, plus another 20 or 25%. Wow. And so that's a lot of grapes. And, and and it is very, very true, Guy, that, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, the grapes, most of the grapes from Lodi, you know, go into those inexpensive wines you, you see in, on those supermarket shelves. Yeah. Uh, and because and grapes have to come from somewhere, right? And uh, so most wines, American wines, um, on these shelves selling for eight, nine, ten, or twelve bucks, uh, most of it is grown in Lodi, and uh, a lot of the big wineries, as you know, the Constellations and the Trinqueros and the Gallows of the world, you know, they they blend it from vineyards all over the state. Yeah. Uh, uh, and but most of it will come from Lodi. You know, uh, like a big brand, very popular brand is Woodbridge. Well, Woodbridge happens to be located in Lodi as a winery. <laughs> it was it was founded by Robert Mondavi who went to high school in, in or in grade school and high school in Lodi. Their family came over in the early nineteen twenties and made a lot of money as grape packers uh, during the prohibition times. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh because uh during the twenties of course, you know, you're because you couldn't buy wine, you had to make it if you wanted to drink wine and so um, so grape growers in Lodi, you know, expanded their vineyards and, you know, just sent grapes out across the country and uh, for home winemakers. And, and that's how the Mandavis, you know, became wealthy, you know, along with a lot of other people. And so they had four kids and they all went to Stanford, for instance. And, yeah. and then later on, they were able to buy Charles Krug Winery in in, in Napa Valley and uh, and. and and Robert Mondavi started his own winery back yep. in 1966. So, but that when they established Woodbridge in 1979, it was just a, a return home, and and Mr. Mondavi knew that this is the place where you can get the best grapes to make uh, what he called everyday wines. He wanted to make the best everyday wines in the world, and so he knew he had to come out here. Uh, Establish a winery in Lodi, and it still does. So most Woodbridge wines that you see everywhere uh, for for like ten bucks uh, um, come from Lodi. More than nine, ninety ninety five percent of the grapes come from Lodi. Yep, yep yeah, I love they, it. They, it just says California on the label now. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, it's just, it's just to make it easy for the consumer. Sure. Uh, um, and I know this for the fact. And just just uh, three weeks ago, I was pacing with their director of winemaking and going through all, all their wines, and he was explaining to me, you know, how they put together their Chardonnay and their Sauvignon Blanc and their Cabernet, and you know, and and they, you know, acknowledge that, you know, they're still a Lodi-based winery, even though it's like 
15 million cases a year that they produce. Yeah, pretty cool. And, and, and the same thing for Gallo. Gallo gets most of his grapes from Lodi. Yep. Uh, um, so they're, they're a huge presence. Well, let's. Now, we got to take a break. I hate to cut you off, but but I want to. We got to focus on the book a little bit because, frankly, like I said, I, I think anybody who's a wine enthusiast and wants to learn the maximum benefit in one location, the book you put together yeah. is the answer. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We will talk more with uh, Randy Caparoso. The book is called Lodi: The Definitive Guide in History of America's Largest Wine Growing Region. I'm telling you, the book is so cool. Randy took a lot of the pictures, or if not all of the pictures in the book, and it's worth the cost of the book just for the photography. But the, the, the facts, the figures, the statistics, and the insight into the people that have made and continue to make Lodi famous uh, are there. you got to see it. We'll be right back after this short break. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.